Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MF Doom Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your guest, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining us today. My guest today is Boston hip-hop legend XL the Beast. This dude just kicks knowledge from the beginning of the podcast to the end of the podcast. We talk about Boston hip-hop history. He's only a couple years older than me, but those few years between us really marks a pivotal pivotal moment in Boston hip-hop where a lot of things really change. And we talk about some of that history here. Some of it's kind of new to me, and um, it's all very interesting. Uh, we talk about all things hip-hop here, um, all things life. He's a great dude. Check out his music. Hope you enjoy the episode. Talk to you. Peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox podcast. I am your host, Soma79. I'm very excited uh, to have my guest, XL the Beast, with me today. What is going on, man? What up, B? How you doing? Good, man. Boston hip-hop in the house. Like, you know, I thought I'd been in the scene a long time. Um, you got me beat by a few years. You were living in Boston hip-hop during some of the years when I was just sitting in the small town of Poppington, like, counting the cows. And I didn't even know the yeah. scene was even going on, man. It was like a big dude, big deal for me to have a Snoop Dogg tape then. And all this shit was happening, you know, <laughs> a marathon away, and I was missing it. So, yeah. What's up, man? What are you up to today? Well, well, listen, I'm just grinded, man. You know, you got you got to love the grind, or you know, or you're gonna suffer. You know yes, what I'm saying? Sure. So, to everybody out there hustling and grinding, stop worrying about the end result, man. You got to embrace and love your grind, or you'll never be happy. Because even when you reach that that height of success, you'll find something else to be miserable about anyway. So, love the process, and if you're an artist, just create, create, create for the sake of creating. Um, yep. It's like I, I too like you. Says. He tells the people yeah. and they come to his heaven studio. He's like, every time they write a verse, he's like, write it again, write it again, write it again. You got to love that process of getting, of like spending yeah, like time to get that one extra word right, man. It's so satisfying. Yeah. When that happens. I agree, man. I think too that um, I think sometimes artists let, let themselves get in their own way. Yes. Um, I think a lot of times that, you know, you got to understand something, okay? From my point of view, from where I'm coming from, you know, we got antennas. They reach way up, okay? And and the better your clarity about who you are and more importantly, who you aren't and managing your expectations, you're able to kind of receive that input from wherever in the universe that shit come from. So, you know, for an artist like myself, um, as soon as I put a lot of my own bullshit away, I was able to receive some really good messages. And that's why now at this point in my career, uh, I'm writing the best music I've ever written in my life. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So hard as fuck, man. I listen. I, I listened to Apex Predator a bunch today. I was happy I got to be the 666th listen on one platform that I checked it out on. So uh, I felt special about that. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've been listening to a bunch of your stuff today. I didn't realize about five minutes ago, you had Maroney on Heavy Hands. He was a dude. Oh, he yeah, was that's my guy. Crew. Yeah, he was in my crew, Project Mayhem, back in the day. That I, It was me, him, and Oh, yeah, Hush. Project Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Judge yeah, a Disciple, okay. Oblivious. I was part of that whole thing for a while. I love then, that guy, man. I love Maroney, man. I, I was there when he first started there. rapping because he's he's like he was like 16 or 15 and I was like 20. I was the oldest in the crew and he was the youngest. And so he was basically yeah. still in high school. And I remember driving him home with my girlfriend and being like, I don't I can't explain to you why we're in our late 20s and I'm driving high school kids home from hip hop show, but they're way more talented <laughs> than me. And yeah. like, but that dude, I remember recording with him once. We were on a song together. And he was busting on me so hard for having to do my dubs like twice. And I'm like, this kid's a little yep. ball buster. But he was. Yeah, a little ball breaker. But yeah. that's what he's good at, breaking he balls. Is. You know what I'm saying? He is. And I remember like his like, I think when I first started hanging out with those dudes, his first, he wasn't rapping at first, first time I met him. And then almost overnight, I heard this song that he was on. I'm like, who is that? Like, that's Maroney. And I'm like, damn, this dude's, this dude's got it. So, yo, I saw Maroney out and about somewhere i can't remember where but then when i met him met him i was with my homie slain we were at yep. the bridge with archetype yep and I he came he through there to rap slain. i think i think he was battling yeah, yeah. thing that's something that slain was putting on that night or something yeah he did but he was at the studio with us because me and slain was working on a joint together i think it was the problem yeah. it was me slain and terminology for slain's uh a world with no skies 2.0 yeah 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 we, oh, we definitely be known. it was a big deal when maroney got called in to work with you guys because we all heard about it and we were like what <laughs> like, it was like yeah that was my man slain was always you know on the lookout for talent you know and and, and i was the same way um <clears throat> i i always enjoyed working with up-and-coming artists from boston um i kind of have an affinity towards that recognizing talent and working with a lot of the kids because you know, it's hard, man, without any direction, it is. you know, and, and if, you know, and, and if I can add to somebody's life, if I can add to their music, if I can give them that little bit of energy or a little bit of boost and it keeps them interest, you know, interested and pushing. And then, you know, you, you never know, you know, uh, something beautiful come from anywhere. You know what I mean? You got to keep an open mind. You know? Exactly. I got a little, so it's funny. So, so I, I, when I was wrapped, I will get the interview in you in a second. Sorry, I'm keep telling my story. Right. It's all good. No, it's all good. I had this thing that happened to me years ago about, so I, I was doing Project Mayhem and Mike Monarchy after that. We do some lead show. We probably played some of the same shows back in the day. I opened for like Ill Bill yep. and like or the Rugged Man and oh, Onyx yeah. and stuff. And so then I kind of yep. like, I, I had this revelation. There was a couple people. One, I looked at Judge the Disciple next to me and I was like, this dude has like, he's basically has that KRS one thing where it was like he was born to do this. And I didn't have any of that. Yep. I felt like a lesser yep. MC. And then I looked at yep. Esoteric, who was sort of a similar upbringing to mine. And I was like, okay, That's this my guy, man, yeah, he's Esso's like the monster. Yeah, he's, he's the best. And then like, but I was like, but I make my own beats. And then he put out Server Suffer on the same time. Like this dude makes beats too. I felt totally outclassed. Yeah. And then I was yeah. sitting in traffic one day and this Percy P and Diamond D song came on, Two Brothers from a Gutter. Oh uh, yeah, of course. That was the moment that I quit rap for 10 years because I'm like, Percy P, I'll never be like him. And I'm actually right now yeah. working on a song with Percy P. And I'm just like- I love Percy P. He's amazing. And I love that. Dude, Diamond D is like got gold status with me. Like Diamond D is stunts, blunts, and hip hop. One of the like top ten greatest hip hop. I just got that on vinyl made. a few weeks ago. I kept spinning it, man. The whole that whole oh, crew was dude, unbelievable. So, yeah, the whole DITC. Yeah, 
And everybody, you know, like they were all really close to with Prem, and you know what I mean. And like yeah. all those guys, they they ran, you know, like Lord Finesse. All those guys are just they're, man. I can remember hearing Finesse rap. I think I heard Finesse rap, and then and then Big L came out, and I was like, damn. damn. I'm like, these guys are all fucking like, holy shit, right? I couldn't believe it. Yeah, but Diamond D for me is an archetypal musical figure. That's on the bucket list. I'll work with Diamond D. I'll work with him soon. Um, Finesse and Esoteric did a show out by me. I, I'm out by UMass Amherst. They did a show with his new Yeah, venue, yeah, you, yeah, you out west. Yeah. yeah, they did a show with this new place called Daily Operations out here, which is obviously tribute to, to Grant Gangstar. So yeah, of course. starting to get a little scene out Gangstar. here. Finesse was killing it, you know. Yeah, he's dope, dude. Those guys are pros, man. You know, they, they yeah. look, they came like this is the funny thing. They they came out of New York and and um we don't understand, but like you know, like that's like obviously the birthplace of hip hop. You know what I mean? But they had like so many more advantages of just being in that city than we ever had here. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like they just had so many advantages that we did not have here that artists just didn't have here. You know what right. I mean? So and they, the whole Babe Ruth know, thing would happen too. We, 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 they would suck our. T- I'm not, that's probably <laughs> harsh to say it, but like you know that. No, was, but sure. it's only three hours up the road. If you, I mean, you, you understand why that's where um, Guru made his yeah. home, especially in that time. You know. Well, I mean, look, you know, the, the number one problem in Boston has always been the same. We don't have a, a, a radio station here. Right. We yes. don't have a radio we station. We used to be eighty-eight nine. Okay? We don't even have that anymore. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I know, but right? I mean, we, like, we, 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 that uh, anything would be good. Look, look, I'm not going to say we didn't have anything. Okay, Leco Slimas back in in the late seventies. Uh, Magnus started over at MIT. That was the first place to start really playing hip hop. And then we had WILD, which is AM channel that played a lot of local town, a lot of hip hop. <clears throat> and then we had 88.9 at night. We had 94.5. We had, like, Launchpad, yeah. G-Spin, all those. Salute to those guys. were great. WZOU you know I mean? before was jamming. Yeah. Right, right. And But then, um, but then you know, and then we had Hot 97 for, like, a minute. And look at all the careers, the big careers. Look at Static Select. I know. <clears throat> Peter Parker. All yeah, I would these, say Peter Parker, like, too. Clinton Sparks. Yeah. All these guys. You're just from that one station. Yep. Now, <clears throat> but here's something that'll bug you out. <clears throat> I'm ready. For me, Gangstar is like the gold standard of hip hop. Yeah. Like, um, all right. Like DJ Premier is, you know, to me, he's he's my favorite. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's, he's one of the great. <clears throat> so it's like that guy has not deviated from his formula not one bit. He don't have headphones. He don't sell weed. He don't sell vitamin water. Right. He don't, you know what I mean? He don't he have like beats. he de- yo he DJs, he makes beats, and he produces. And you want to know something? <clears throat> He's still relevant. Yeah. Okay. And it's not Mr. Step. Now, the funny thing is, is when you think of gangstar, you think of that premiere, like that that boom bap or that like, hardcore. Sound. Yeah. But that new do you think New York? You think that's hip hop like bong, right? Right. Two out of the three members of founding of Gangsta are from New York. I mean, from Boston, yeah. not New York. Two out of the three members of that made up collectively Gangsta, <clears throat> and there was also <clears throat> there were also like Gangsta Posse and guys like that from yeah. Boston, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but like 
two out of the three members of Gangstar are from Boston. And Premier is from Texas. Yeah, it's from Austin, I think. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm saying, like, so of the gold standard of hip-hop, two of the founding members are out of the, are out of Boston. So, yeah. listen, Not it's got bad. nothing to do with talent. It's got nothing to do with talent. Dude, Ed O.G., Ed O.G., Big Shug, yeah. Almighty RSO, those guys are, like, they have certified hip-hop classics. Yeah. Records. Yeah. Classics. Okay, real classics. Everybody say, well, I'm making a classic. I'm making a classic. No, you're right. not. No, it's Settle not. Down, like, all right? It's, yeah. People throw that word around like they throw the word go oh, around. Right, yeah. like, and like, then, it, then it becomes instant uh, classic. When people start saying instant classic, I'm like, get over yourself. Like, yeah. The last instant classic record I think I heard was Cuban Links 2. For me, that was the last yeah. time I, I heard someone say that. And I'm like, I think you may be right. <clears throat> I still think it's, it's yeah. close, you know, but it's, it's such a thrown around bullshit term. It's like calling food gourmet and apartment luxury. It means nothing anymore. <laughs> it, it means nothing. Everything has been so cheapened because um, societally we've become weaker. I think, yeah. you know what I mean? I think people are, um, <clears throat> we are, we are as, as, uh, divided now as we ever have been and we're fighting um we're fighting with each other about people we don't know yes instead of working together fighting the people that don't know us right. we're bickering about nonsense as the world burns essentially well i'm saying it, 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 and, and, and like you know what like you and i have more in common with one another and me and a guy that i don't even know that works a job and makes music him and i have more in common than we do with, with people that try to speak for us but don't know us Right. So it's like, you know, but people would rather have us fighting with each other and that way right. we stay divided and we don't yeah. pay attention. So all we need to let that that stuff go and start looking next to you, left and right, and being like, yo, you and I got more in common in, in this other stuff. You know what I mean? People need to get back to this conversation, communicating, course, talking, sharing ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to bring us back a little bit too. So the reason I kind of, we, so the way this podcast has kind of worked is one guest has sort of ended up begatting another guest. Whereas I got to interview this guy. I, I was, I was a big rave hit kid at the same time. The CEO of Moonshine Music, Steve Levy. I always want to talk to him. He was on the episode. So I had to do some prep. I pulled up this old issue of Herb, which I'm sure you recognize. Oh, the cover of. Yeah, yeah, of course, yep. of course. And then I was so happy. I read the article I wanted to. They were so happy to come upon this picture, the Boston beatdown yeah. featuring, <laughs> like, I mean, a who's who of the scene. Yeah, this was, I think it was in 2000, 2001 or so. Yeah, um, about that. Yeah, 2001. Yep. So we got here, uh, I don't have my glasses on, but we got the whole creators crew. Uh, we it's got, minus, uh, minus uh, Jason ain't there. Okay, yep, yep. Um, yeah, big one, G squared, and myself. We got Edo, Mr. Lift, um, Acrobatic, uh, Acrobatic, my man, Mr. Lift, my man, Edo, my man, Fax One, <clears throat> yep, Fax One, Insight, Shout oh, out Insight Fax was one. one I forgot. Insight, Insight. Was, oh man, yep. was that guy? Down? I hope I haven't looked up him in a while. Yo, in, Insight is is awesome. So is Fax One, makes dope yeah. beats. Yeah, yeah, I was big on the perception. But one thing it is interesting in reading that article. Um, a, it reminded me of the the shitty little walk of fame outside of Tower Records with Guru Star, where it was just like it was it was like it was, it was I'm glad it was there, but it was almost like well, why even bother? But like um, yeah. 
that it talked about how, and this was the stuff before my time in the scene, it mentioned just how it was a violent scene back then. It mentioned there was a gun, there was someone getting shot at a Black Sheep concert. And I was like, there's a Native yeah. Tongue concert. I mean, wh so what was the scene like? Because I, when I started going to the scene, I think it was really, I went to BU, I grew up in Hobbiton, I went to BU and I really Yeah, started... it was a different time for you, yeah. man. It softened up by then. I know. Okay, so. And this talked about so how he... there was Cambridge and Roxbury and nothing in between. I think it's still like that today, or it was last time I was there, right. you know? Well, I mean, look, the scene now is is really is really kind of cool. You know what I mean? It, the vibe is totally different. Um, it was very violent. So here's what you have to understand. We didn't have, like, live venues to do shows anywhere. And we didn't have a radio station. They wouldn't let hip-hop be played on Lansdowne Street. Like, the Lions Brothers wouldn't allow that back I then. remember that. I so, yeah, so we, we didn't have anywhere to go to listen. We didn't yeah. have anybody to play our records. So you have like, here's one thing you got to remember, right? Back then, it wasn't like it is now. Well, you can go to the studio for 75, 50 right. bucks, 60, 75. It was like 250 an hour, bro. And yeah. you had to have reel-to-reel -reel tapes because there was no computer recording, Pro Tools. There was none of that. You, you had to actually know how to rap. <laughs> Dude, you had to have, you had to have Ampex reel-to-reel -reel tape. And when you went in there, you had to handle your business. So... Dudes had to have money behind them. And you either got money from the street or you find it somewhere else. But you had, so there was a lot of pressure on you to succeed. Yep. And when you're in a small place like Boston, there's only got, there's got no places to really do live shows and nothing else. And in Boston had a whole bunch of different kind of crews from different parts of the city that didn't see eye to eye. Then there was mad squabbles and it was crazy beef. And dudes just, you know, people were on top of one another. And the dude, people were mad frustrated in the music industry. Because it's spending all this time and all this money not getting any shine. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. temperatures and things boil over. So, yeah, man, I mean, it was it was crazy violent. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many fights I got in, um, how many times, you know, I had to fight my way out of something or, um, you know, you'd hear gunshots definitely go off. People were getting shot, stabbed, stomped out. It was wild. So... Oh, it's it was amazing. tough. Even it was a like, tough time. Even like in, in my, you know, when I was doing stuff in like the mid 2000s, it's like at a certain point, rappers just kind of want to fight. They, they, they sort of just are looking for a beef because they want, they think it's going to get them attention. And they, and they, I don't know. They just, not want, back they're then. angry. Yeah. See, not back then. That's not how this went. See, in Boston, Boston's a small place. Okay. So this is where like, okay, now. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say everybody is faking the funk and everybody's just an entertainer, but a lot right. of these dudes are just entertainers, okay? Right. And they talk because they're playing a role. Back in the day, you couldn't say no shit and not get called out on it. Right. So, and, and when you're in Boston, if you if you get slick on a record, somebody's going to come see you about that. Yeah, and there's nowhere to run to. <clears throat> and, and you're going to have a problem. So you, you got to be ready to deal with the outcome. And it was intimidating. You had to watch what you say because <clears throat> you, you'd be out hanging out, chasing girls and not know it. And you turn around and there's three or four guys in and you got you got a problem. You know what I mean? If, and you, back if you're then, dolo. When you say saying slick, it's sometimes just one line. It's it's like now we do these diss songs that are 10 minutes long. But sometimes back then it would just be one crooked bar that that, that the people know. Somebody know misinterpreted. Know, that's, that happens somebody too, would, yeah. If somebody misinterpreted something you said, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. So you either, you got conditioned to learn to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, let me deal with this. It's, it's going to be what it is. It is what it is. After a while, you get sick and tired of, like, 
you know, kissing people's ass basically or avoiding problems, you know, and, and you're like, all right, well that, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. And you know, it is what it is. After you get past those first couple of like rumbles or whatever, beast, you know, and you handle your own, people know too that you're not a soft target. They're not going to really play with you. So, right. but you have to earn that. And Respect that comes at earned. a heavy risk. Yeah, yeah it, it is, but it's a heavy risk, man. It's not the movies. It's not right. TV. You know, you hit somebody in the bar, they fall down, they crack their neck off the side of the bar, and they die. That's it for you. Yeah. You're going to jail. You're going it to happens, prison forever. You know yeah, what I mean? It happens a lot. It's it's you know. it does. Yep. So it's like it was violent, but you know, it started coming around more, you know, like what happened was they wouldn't let us do nothing on Lansdowne Street, but we used to go play over at the rat skeller in Kenmore Square. Yeah, Kenmore the rat, yeah. And, Okay, and, and the rat was dope because that's where we met a lot of the hardcore kids. Yeah. Like a lot of the original hardcore kids like that had all the awesome hardcore bands. It was like Slapshot? Was that one of those bands? Were they around back yeah, then? Yeah, Call, Call, Calling of Arabia, Big Block 454, like those really like Death Before the Sun, like those guys are like yeah. hard bands. Yeah. And like, so they threw us over there. They threw the hip-hop kids and the hardcore kids over there thinking we were going to tear each other apart, having no idea that we all love the same stuff. Right. And we, we got this union. We were like, ah! Yeah. It's like punk I mean? and reggae. They always got together. They yeah. always got along, too, yeah. man. It's... That's right. The ska, yeah. the punk, the reggae, all that. So we we were all cool. You know what I mean? So it's like we all became mad cool. And then things changed over time. They started letting us do more shows. Then, like, you know, the Western Front, yeah. And the Middle East opened up and allowed us to start doing shows. And um, things started to loosen up a little bit. And then you had, it became a little less violent. You know what I mean? Like as time went on, because people had more outlets. Right. Then when, the, you know, when, when, when uh, social media and the internet really exploded, you had a lot of people then had opportunities to share the music worldwide. And things kind of got chilled out a little bit. You know what was, I mean? Like was, people weren't really as violent anymore. Was the Middle East really a game changer? Because I know for me, that was when yes. I first started going to shows in Boston. Because that's when I first started landing on my radar. And then from almost yeah. day one of going there, it was it was consistent. And maybe, and I don't know yeah. when Leeds came on, but I'm sure he had a lot. You know, I don't know when he started booking shows, but he must have had a lot to do with that. Yeah, you should get him on here and ask him. Um, yeah, I haven't talked to him yeah, in a while. I think the last time him and I talked on the phone was about 14 years ago, and it didn't end well. But I'm, he probably doesn't remember that. <laughs> Well, no, he, I'm sure he doesn't. Him and I was on the phone with him like three hours ago. Yeah. So he's a good. I um, mean, he's he's done so much for the scene. He's, um, I don't know. He's, bro, he's he has really curated. He has curated so much hip hop and so much music for the scene. And you know, he puts out records. Yep. He has a playlist. He's always doing stuff, and he has a podcast of his own. Yeah. Where he highlights a lot of local talent. Yeah, he and, puts, you know, he's and, done um, a lot. He's he's kind of put his money yeah. where his mouth is to actually help this local talent and grow the scene. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's my manager. He manages yeah. me in my career. So I trust him. You yeah. know what I mean? He's a good dude. Um, I, You know, he came on the scene in the 2000s. I was kind of like like mid-2000s. I started because before that, it was Metro Concepts. Okay, that name sounds very familiar. I haven't heard that in a yeah, while, but yeah. I definitely know that. Yeah, uh, Tim Tim and O'Neill. Yeah, they, they had Metro Concepts and then Static Selector worked over there with them too. And then uh, Leeds knew them. And then they were kind of phasing out of it and Leeds came into it. And then he kind of took the ball and went to a whole new level, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like they... like I said, like the internet had the internet and all that shit, people started sharing music and, and it allowed people to get like guest spots and features that like 
that you couldn't get before because you had to go get those guest spots when, when you were around people. Now you can yeah. send files and email, changed everything. It's funny you, you mentioned the internet too. So the last person I interviewed is this dude, Jared Eagle. He's in he's in Florida and he's making this, he just finished a Kickstarter, raised about 40 grand. He's making this play, this stop motion documentary in the life of Orson Welles that's told through the lens of the Transformers. I'm gonna get to the point in a second. As part of the okay. Kickstarter, he got Esoteric to record like an EP worth of like, I, I haven't heard the music yet, but it's like Transformers themed Orson Wellian stuff that's only available for this Ooh. project. And you have to, you have wow. to like, get like, like $500 to get, there's like gonna be 40 records put out. And um, this, it's just ended, but the, the, I, the, there's gonna, the bunch of the records will be available up in Boston. I told the guy, I try to help get the word out about it because a lot of those didn't go, but I know people are gonna want those um and i'm like well how wow. did he land on your radar because it's like i know esoteric because he's the, the mc from from you know a few a couple towns over essentially but like yeah. he was like he was like i heard the um the b alert sample and he's like i downloaded that back you know because i had the transformers on seven esoteric's b alert and he's like i was mm -hmm. a fan from that day of hearing that and it's like mm -hmm. they were i mean that's exactly it the, the if that song came out two years before the internet probably wouldn't have been there to have that song get to florida and have all this other stuff happen that's very true yeah yeah it, it it really benefited a lot of people in a lot of different ways and it benefited our city too because it definitely helped ease the tension of a lot of people that had invested a lot of time effort and money into their career and felt like they weren't it wasn't even that they weren't like winning they just weren't getting any play they weren't getting any attention nobody saw them they didn't feel like they had a shot Right, they're you all know, competing and, and that, for like maybe a, one spot that may exist, if that. It's exactly. Like, if yeah, you know? just people want to be seen. Okay. People want, want a shot. Heard. Yeah, yeah, they, they want a shot, man. They want to have a shot at it. And in a city that ain't got no major radio play or nothing and no traction, that's frustrating. And when people yeah. get frustrated, they get angry. When people get angry, they get bitter. When yep. they get bitter, they want to fight. You know what I mean? Get a couple of drinks in them. They see somebody else getting a little bit of shine. They hate you for it. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a, it might seem petty, but I can understand it. And you know? one one night of violence at the wrong time can hurt the scene for years and years. To come. Oh, dude, it is so many times. It's just, just like, just killed movements. Right. And like, you know, I mean, like, city was wild, man, because it yeah. was so small. You couldn't run from beef. There was no other borough you were going to move. You're going to run from Dorchester to Cambridge. Right. Yeah. You're going to run from Cambridge to Roxbury. Oh, what? And I'm not going to drive 10 minutes over the bridge looking for you. I know. Traffic's like, come not on, that bad. Like... No, I'm just saying now it is. It was... But I'm just. Oh. Sorry about that. I know I can hop a train. I can hop a train and, uh, and, and, and be, come find you. Yeah. So there was there was no there was no room for any of that. You know what I mean? But it, it's definitely different now. The vibe is different. The crowds are different. The mentality is different. So I like it a lot better now. You know, it's a lot more chill. You know what I mean? You I probably I get a lot more of a diverse times, crowd too. I see a lot more women at shows than I used to. I see a lot more people feel well, comfortable yeah, because it's out. not so violent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's true. So I don't know. This is kind of a random question. When we talked on the phone the other day, I mentioned this to you, and I pulled this record out, and I bring this up only because some of the names on the back of this record really blew my mind. Now, Big Men on Campus. This came out in 1988. It was a single. This guy right here is uh, Jonathan Schechter, one of the co-founders of, of the Source Magazine. Yeah, and, Schechter. Yep. Yep. And then on the back, um, production assistance by Boogie Down Productions. 
um, mm-hmm. executive producer Brett Radner, and Brett the photograph Radner, was taken by Glenn Friedman, like mm-hmm. legendary photographer. And I was just like, I just bought mm-hmm. this one day because it was like two bucks and it looked weird. And when I looked at the back, I'm like, all wow. of these names were essentially working in Boston hip hop with, I don't want to say these two yep. goofballs, but you know, this is probably like <laughs> they heard License to Ill and we're like, we can do that, you know? Yeah, we can do that. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, but it's, it's just lightning in a bottle. Did you have any, because I mean, obviously, you know, I think they call him Shecky Green, uh, John Schechter. The Source magazine's huge. Any of us would have killed to have our stuff in the Source, yeah. you know? Was yeah. was this in any, this, whatever this was at this time in any way on the radar of the scene that you remember? Because I always found this is no. a weird oddity that I stumble upon in my collection sometimes. No, I, I never, I, I can't ever remember seeing it. I, I know that, um, I know that we were, you know, back then when I was young, we, you know, we, you had to go buy records or if your DJ was in like a record pool, you would get to hear new stuff, yeah. but like you couldn't stream anything or go to YouTube and check out somebody's music. Right. Like you had to go to the store and buy it. Right. So what was a record pool? If you didn't. So the DJ is like, like my man G Square was in the record pool, and yeah. and they they were like there was a conglomerate of DJs and people that would get together and they would send you vinyl early. Like I was with G Squared when we got the first Wu Tang single, Method Man and Protect Your Neck. Hope and he held the on to it. <laughs> was a, oh yeah, he held on to it. But it's a white record. There's no. It's a white label. Yeah. And it just they hand wrote on it Wu Tang Clan protect your neck and the other side was method man yeah and we talk about that some of the documentaries. when we heard that yeah oh, yeah, man, so, I, can't imagine. So I was there you know, i was there for that i think in the same record he got channel live with krs1 spark madism god i think yeah all we do was spark madism and we were like oh yeah. snap we bugged out right we were like oh man Everything yeah, was great back. That's the thing is though, back then it took so much to actually get out there. Almost everything that came out was great. Like I remember going to like my Sam Goodies or whatever and seeing the two little rows of cassette tapes they had and memorizing yeah. all of them and being like, well, I can only afford some of these. And then now I find myself yeah. as a adult going back and buying the ones I couldn't, I never got back in the day. I finally got the DJ Quick's yeah. first album and I'm like, how have I never heard oh, this? Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's Quick's just... album. That was a great album, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, it's what, what's what's wild to me is that, you know, when I when I look back now, I think of like I got to hear a lot of hip hop <clears throat> early because my man was the DJ and we were always together. So I got to hear those and he would make like a mixtape for me and I rocked the mixtape. Um, <clears throat> but like I got to hear a lot of hip hop that a lot of other people didn't hear. I got to hear records that never came out and records that were never released because I was in rooms or in studios with people and heard records like, <clears throat> Edo played me I remember being in the car with Edo and he played me like four or five joints off an album that he didn't release and it was like I was like hey this is crazy you know what I mean like this is wild there's a lot and of unreleased so hip hop out there I mean a lot of it too for, oh for sample God. clearance reasons it was one big reason and yes. the other one is lack of opportunity yep. for distribution but there's so much on like you know but what you're talking about too is that I think you know what has happened is um, back then, it did take a longer, it was a longer process to record, to mix, master, to press records, to press CDs or cassettes, right? And so the maturation process, <clears throat> so you would get an album and you would ingest it, the whole thing. Yeah. Or you would get a single and you would ingest that and somebody else would release a single, you ingest that. Now it's like bang, 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 bang. People just are releasing music all the time. It's like a race. Like they want to put yeah. out 
50 albums in a year. And I'm like, bro, how can anybody ingest that kind of music? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand it because I, I won't work at that pace. I won't. I just, I, I, you know what I mean? Like if I had, if I had more resources, I would probably release new music a little more frequently just because, because I would have more time to record yeah. it and shoot videos and stuff like that. But like, I like, nobody puts albums out anymore. Nobody cares about ingesting a whole album and riding with it for a month. People, we are, we are like a single serving community now. We're like a people that want instant gratification. And after you've heard it for a week, it's old. Yeah. <clears throat> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't remember the last time I heard a banger that stayed a banger to other people. Like I've heard bangers in the last, I don't know, the last two, three years that I think are still bangers. Yeah. Like, like, and I'm like, but I bet, well, I bet you none of y'all play this anymore because yeah. y'all on to the next thing. And I see artists doing it too. And, you know, I'm not going to knock the hustle, but you know, a lot of it is like that Griselda hustle yeah. where they were, they were like, they were putting out mad music right? and they were putting out mad like t-shirts and all this merch. And they were really had a method to their madness. Like they were really, they were really slinging it. You know, and then everybody. You think there's no opportunity in Boston? Food. There's no opportunity in Buffalo. I've been to Buffalo. <laughs> like it's like it, right. it, that's a, that's a tough place to I'm sure get anything going. It's cold. As yeah, fuck I imagine. <laughs> it is so cold out there, yo. But they changed that, you know. Griselda, shout out to them, man. They, God, they killed they did it. You know, amazing. Yep. Yeah, they really did. I'm really, I'm really happy for them, man. And then I like the music too, you know. Though. Yeah, Everybody me too. On there, I like it's one of those things that it's like, you know, it doesn't sound. Ju- it's somewhere between the locks and Wu Tang for me. It kind of fits like kind of sonically it's, between those two. It like, but like, it's like super grimy. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like yeah. Gr- because I like that too. You know what I mean? I like that grimy stuff. Well, that's too. fun because I was looking at some of the people that you've worked with, and it's a real who's who's of like real like rock chewing MCs, <laughs> like like uh, Rockness Monster, Ill Bill. Sean Price, Rex, uh, Shabam Jadid. Like, it's like you really work with these real heavyweight motherfuckers. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're too. So you got the sim- similar style too. It all, it pounds really hard, you know? It does. So thank you. Um, shout out to all those guys, man. Shout out to all those. Those are all my, my peoples, man. You know, they're, um, you know, I have relationships with, with all those people, um, some closer than others. But um, a lot of them I respect. You see, here's my thing. Um, I believe that steel sharpen steel, and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna work, you know, with, with, I, I like to choose guys that I know that are killers, you know. And and it's um exactly number one right. because I like to make I like to make dope music. That's what it's always the goal is to make something really great. So I yeah I like to work with with murderers, man, because first of all, it's all about making dope 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 music, right? Make something great, but. I also like that pressure, yeah. Because it, you know that's how you make diamonds. And I feel like if, if especially if the certain type of song, like if I know we're making a real hardcore bar for bar song, I'm gonna try to kill everybody on there, and I know they're gonna try to kill me and everybody on there. Yeah. So what happens? You know, styles make fights, right? Yeah. So when you get two guys in the ring that really want to go at it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to get a hell of a fight. Yeah. I know. You know, so. In the last year or so, I've done about 10 songs with copyright. And it's like, I'm like that. Copyright's great. Yeah. It's like, if you bring a song with him, he's going to have a few lines in that song. that You're like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? And he he said, actually one today, I got, he sent me one at 
2.30 this morning, he sent me this track we just finished called Wheel Snipe Selly with me, him, and Wordplay, the flyest MC, this battle rapper from Alaska. And he absolutely destroyed Dope. it. I've, it's, I've been listening to it like on repeat all day in between your music. I like that. <laughs> That's so, yeah. great. But like I, I'm like that too. It's like I, I go after like I just did a couple songs with Elza, and it's like if I'm like if I can hold my own with Elza and at least not be embarrassed, I know that I'm that I've gotten somewhere, you know. Yeah, listen. I mean, you got that. Though you got to have your own metrics and measurements for your um, improvements, right? Yeah. So like when I like Rock This Monsters, it, Jesus, dude. I mean that guy. He's like on in another place. You know what I yes. mean? Like it's like you know he's just. And you know, Ill Bill obviously is yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Probably Sean doesn't get Price the credit he deserves. I think Ill, Ill Bill for the talent he is. I think he he really he didn't get the credit he deserves. I think he's just so slick. Yeah, him. I mean, I, you know, he's got a really devout face. That is true. And, yes. You know, they yes. Re- and they really they really propel him. You know what I mean? And and justifiably so. I mean, he's earned that status. Um, you know, Slane is another one that I work with who's an absolute killer. Yeah. You know, Slane can you Slane is a monster of a whole different kind. Yeah. He can do so many things that other people can't do. Yeah, he's a damn um, good actor too. He, oh, I mean, he's great. He's yeah. uh, he's multi-talented and he opened up a treatment facility to treat people with, you know, um addictions. I heard about you know, that with a group of people. In my time off from hip hop, I remember him from the previous days, and then I just sort of didn't really know what happened with him. And then I heard about that. Right. And made, that made me that won't really warm my heart. It's like that's I like what yeah, it's, that way. dude. He's come full circle. You know, it's awesome. He's come full circle. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of him. He's that's family, you know. So so yeah, I mean, I've got to work with a bunch of killer color artists, man. There's a couple more that I still want to work with, but the list is small. Who's I've been really anyone lucky you want anyone fashion. you want to mention to put it on the universe and see if that makes it happen? Um, well, I want to do a joint with Primo. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. that's that's something I'm gonna make happen. Cause you know, my man Big Shug, shout out Shug, um, him and I talk about that too, and you know, and and, and you know, we are talking about it. So you know, he, he'd help me in any way he could. He's that's who he is. He's he's a good friend. Yeah. Um and um I'd like to do I'd like to do a track with you know Redman. Oh he's like, yeah one of my Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's one of like my bucket list guys, you know. Um Diamond D, you yeah. know what I mean? I'd like to do like a track with him where he raps and makes the beat. Yeah. You know, um he's amazing. I mean then there's a couple of like yeah, he's amazing. There's a couple of like new people that I really like. You know, and people like outside of hip hop that I really like. Um, you said earlier that you used to go to a lot of raves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, I used to go to those raves too. You know, I had I had a lot of my friends and stuff. Um, and we used to go and listen to like Frankie Bone sets and um, uh, yep. you know, guy, Lady Kurt when she used to spend toe a toe from Delight. Yeah, um, the, the guy who I interviewed that I mentioned about this magazine, he used to be he's Frankie Bones is on his label. Moonshine. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. Cool. Who he is. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, I, they that that label meant everything to me. And that that so basically going to those raves. Label. Yeah, I the first time I went to those. Did raves, you go to like purple and blue and all those? I would go to the ones in Fitchburg. Like it was like okay. Wish Upon a Star and um, Inhale, Exhale, and then I started going out yeah. to Springfield to the Asylum, and that was like that was like that moment well, in your have, life where you're like, I think yeah, I got to start slowing things you. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, so as I hear you. The, yeah. the, okay, so the the, the rays that we went to this is before your time. So yeah, mine were probably yeah, a little been, more like like less more legit. Well, more we went like to New book. York. We went yeah. to New York. Went to Greenfield, Connecticut. We went to all these places. We went to the Roxy in New York. Man, it was wild, man. And that was the first. Okay, 
We was in New York City. Frankie Bones was on the main floor. Then they, that was the first place I ever heard Jungle, when Jungle first came out, yeah. right? Came wow. over from London. They dropped. It was wild. Then they had a hip-hop room in New York City, okay? And when I walked in, Stretch Armstrong was DJing. I was like, yo, you people are bugging, man. I'm like, I was like, what? I was yeah. like, I'm like, okay, just, just you know, Stretch Armstrong DJing a hip-hop set at this rave. This is bugged out. I was yeah. like, yo, I'm never leaving New York City. I'm like, I'm yeah. staying here, man. That's the shit you don't ever see. Yeah. Frankie Bones on the main stage. He's in the hip-hop room. They got some dude from the UK spinning jungle, which I never heard before. I was bugging. I was like, yeah. yo. It was great. Those Riggs. are great times. But yeah. But um a lot like the music that a lot of music that I listen to now is like descendants of that stuff. Like I listen to a lot of wave. Like I like chill wave, hard wave. Love shit um, like that, yeah. Right, yeah, and like, and like, my favorite new artist who I want to work with is Skeller. Skeller, dude. Oh, listen, look up Skeller. Look up O2 Underground. Look up Voices in My Head, and then listen, dude. Voice Skeller, S K E L E R, not two L's, just one. Dude, all right, let's listen this after. That that in Otsu Underground. If you just type in Skeller Otsu O T S U Underground will come up, and and um, if that shit don't remind you of like a wave version of like some boot camp music, you yeah. you'll see what I'm saying. When I you can't wait to hear this. You know, have you ever heard oh. the song? You ever heard the um the Big Daddy Kane song Off Limits where he raps over a drum and bass beat yes. by Aphrodite? Dude, yes. that yes. song. Why isn't that song playing all day every time? Every time that's like the perfect song when you're at the gym. You just like I could run for like three hours in that song. And then Rod Digger's got yeah, a song so, on that same album too. So so it's you know it's wild because certain stuff catches at certain times and other things don't. But when you find those gems, you got like like my playlist is wild. The only time I really listen to other hip hop music is when I'm at the gym. Yeah. Like I know I don't listen, um, I don't listen to and it's all stuff that I already know. Like mm -hmm. very rarely do I listen or ingest any new hip hop when I'm because if I'm writing and recording, I don't listen to any. I might listen to some old stuff. But I listen to mostly wave, chill wave, or lo-fi, or something like that. Yeah. Because I don't need to be, I don't want to be influenced. And that wave music and lo-fi does something to my writing process that I can't explain, but it helps. Yeah, it's almost like ASMR, because I mean that's sort of the way that that sort of music really just hits you on that special wavelength where it's kind of like yeah. it's like cooler yacht rock. It's like, you know, it's it's just yeah, that nice, yeah, like, yeah. you know. But that wave shit is something else though. Like yeah. that, you know. Cause I like some of these. I like I like the younger kids. I hear the music and I like some of them. You know what I mean? Like, like um, and there was some of the younger generation that you know what I mean. Like I liked. I liked. Yeah. I liked that kid. Um, I like that kid. Juice World. He was. Yeah. He, I thought he was really. I thought he was really special, man. I thought yeah. he could have really done some damage out here. You know, it's a shame he died. I know but, it is. Um, it's and it's it's funny too that as fuck. we get older, when we it's like when I rem I just read the recent book that I think Justin Tinsley is the guy's name wrote this awesome book on Biggie, and you forget just how young he was. Like we're now like twenty yeah. years, twenty five years older than he yeah, was when he died. That. He yeah. died, yeah. It, I think he might have been 23 or 25. I think Tupac might have been 26. He might have been 23. I forget exactly. But it's just so like, whack, dude. It's, I know. It's just it's it's ridiculous over nothing. 
just over absolutely and that, but you know that yeah yeah it was, was over nothing too but these yeah. um but these these kids now they 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 Yo, you kids out there, man. Yo, listen, just you gotta chill a little bit with the drugs, homie. Oh my you god, you know what I mean? I Your drug, uh, you know the drugs we had ain't the drugs you guys got, man. Y'all is just like, if y'all don't know what Russian roulette is, that's what y'all are doing out right. there. You think you're slick? Be you know grateful I mean? you, you have whack. legal weed. Be grateful you have. Yo, just go weed. to the store and buy right. it, and yeah, you're not gonna crazy. be arrested for like smelling like weed, like taking up edibles. Yeah. It'll make you. Feel, it's. I just like just. It like it's crazy. I um, I know. I mean, it's just like I. Just, I every time I think about Mac Miller, today. every time I think about Mac Miller, my uh, heart just breaks. I just I can't even think about yeah. it without fucking wanting yeah. to lose it. It's such a waste, man. You know. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's just such a fucking waste, man. God, it infuriates me. You know. Yeah. It, and I'm like, I understand. Like, I'm not telling you not to be a kid or right. have a good time. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. Like. I'm no angel, right? Like right. I did what I did. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just because I'm like just because I'm a sober guy doesn't mean I expect the whole world to be sober. And if you're not sober, I think something wrong with you. That's not how it works. Right. What I'm saying is, is that y'all don't have a safe place to buy drugs now. Right. So like you like those drugs that we used to get, you didn't forget that. You just go to the store and buy your weed if you want to smoke weed. Or you know, here's another concept. How about maybe not do any of it? Try that. Yeah, you know it, works, it like, works pretty well. <laughs> it does, man, because escapism only gets you so far, you know what I mean? And it's like, you come a time in your life where your body ain't going to tolerate any of that. Right, right. Yep, that's exactly it. So, it's like, and it's know, like, what what is considered a normal amount of alcohol? Because I'm, I'm not a drinker either. I, I don't drink. But what's, what's considered a normal amount of alcohol now is absolutely insane. Like, it's Yeah, just, I, I don't even know what it is, man. I haven't had a drink. I haven't had a drink of alcohol in almost... 23 years wow congratulations yeah it's been sober sober from drugs and alcohol for like 23 years wow man that's that's huge man congratulations on that yeah uh... well thank you i, I mean I, I had to i had to let it go you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> i had to let it go yeah it was killing me yeah it yeah. was killing me i was like i'm gonna make i'm not gonna make it you know yeah yeah it's it's funny because i i have family like that i have family that won that battle family that lost that battle family that are still fighting it me too it, yeah yeah me too it's and it's funny too it's like i think a lot of people who lived around you know that world it's surprising who makes it and who doesn't you know and that's the thing that's the thing you gotta remember Mm. that you are really playing russian roulette because it's like it's not always the ones that you think are going to be the first to go that go a lot of those people are like cockroaches and live forever and it's like it's funny look at the the jersey i'm wearing right now like i mean yeah uh len bias man. man like lenny like that's this one of the strangest stories of all time, and you know. So you know, what do you know about that story? Well, I mean, I remember. I so that was I've never done coke, and that was the reason because I was at the exact right age. That's okay. I I, I did enough. I did enough for all of us. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate taking the bullet I for did, me. I, I did your share, okay? Yeah. But, but, like, I think I was in, like, maybe third or fourth grade, but it was, like, that right moment where it just stuck in my head, and it was just something that I never even considered doing. I mean, I did enough weed, and, like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't eating candy at those raves, but, you know, the, like, the... Yeah. um but that's just and then over the years i've you know watched documentaries and like it's funny when you see him he he's almost when you look at like like mike tyson back in the 80s and you're like how could anybody have beaten that man and it's like is this grainy old footage yeah. and it's just like and len bias is like that too and you see his highlights you're like good lord he was in a ridiculously yeah. good player 
But. Yeah, he was he was crazy, but you know he got together with those those dudes, man. They were doing like avenues of coke. Oh, really? They were doing like giant gaggers, man. And then he fell out, you know. And then instead of calling the instead of calling the paramedics, man, they got rid of all the dope first and cleaned everything up. That was a wrap, you know. And there is a lesson for anybody out there: call the paramedics first, like. You know. Well, yo, I'm just saying, look at you kids. <laughs> Don't look be at, there in the first place. I'm just but, saying, you know. yo, listen, you can't, this isn't 2000. This isn't, you know, 85, 89. Like, you get you get some pills of powder now, man. That It's a wrap for your rest. Yeah. You, you're going you're gonna to get hit with that fat, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is. You take, like, a grain of that fentanyl and put it on your hand, and your yeah. ass is done, dude. I know. So it's like, don't even listen. I'm not trying to sound like some old dude. No. Like, I did drugs. I drank to excess. I was wild. I got in fights. I did stupid things. But you know what? I, I, I don't even know how any of you kids can even navigate this shit now because you got to have test kits. Listen, if you got to test yeah. your drugs when you buy them shits, you might not want to do it's drugs. Maybe it's not a good idea. Saying, yeah, maybe it's not a good idea, man. Yeah. So I don't know. It's sad. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, we both, I'm sure, lost way too many people to stuff like that, you know. Dude, listen, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, me too. Let's talk about some better yeah. stuff. We were talking about yeah, our man Esoteric a few minutes ago. If there's anybody yeah, that's my who guy, wanted, man. Yeah, it's like, it's funny. His name comes up a lot. If you ever listen to my podcast, he'd think that, like, this is the Esoteric, like, dedicated to his I, podcast. I do, actually. I do think it's the Esoteric yeah, podcast. Might is he paying you? No, 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 no. I actually paid him. I got a song <laughs> with me, him and Cool Keith and Aztec coming to my new album, so... Yo, listen, listen, that should be dope. I love Cool Keith, man. He hooked me up with Cool Keith, too, and I really appreciated that. I was a huge Ultramagnetic MCs guy. I love Ultramagnetic, and I thought Cool Keith was just unbelievable. um, Because in the beginning, he said, careers, and they're all great. Yeah, oh, yeah, he did. But no, do you remember God Complex? Mm -hmm. The pre esoteric stuff, right? Yeah, so that was he was he was Seamus the God Awful. Then you had Karma, and then you had Seven O. Is Karma yeah, is man. Karma now running the house an art place? There's a place called House of Rue or House of Rouleau or something that I thought it looked like he was running, but I couldn't figure out if it was the same guy or not. But I don't know. I don't know. I saw him. <laughs> I want to say last year at the Still Gold Show, and. I went to the Steel Gold show and Esso was there to uh, open up. They opened up for Steel Gold. Oh, I saw the and I saw them open for Esso one night. But yeah, they're they're great. Yeah, and um, they yeah, they are great. Well, you know, I love Mo and Chris and the whole band. Archetype is is like my main producer. He yep. you know he records all of my stuff. Um, he's that's he's a that guy is one of the most talented men I've ever met in my life, and that's saying a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's just archetype. Archetype is the majority of my work, you know. So when did you? But, yeah, did you but I saw I saw them. So, uh, okay, this is wild. So, before the bridge, where now most people go to record the bridge on the stage, um, there was one real dope place to record, and that was Waltz Audio. And Walt's audio was above Little Stevie's BFBF on Boyle. Stevie's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been drunk the... there many times. Oh yeah, who who hasn't? You know, yeah. it was it was great. Like I'm getting a pizza. It was awesome. I know. So it's... we had Walt's audio up there, and that was where we all started recording. And towards the end of it, um, 
Tom Waltz was there. Pete, the legendary Pete Pelequin, Pete Boards, um, who's an unbelievable engineer and producer in his own right. And Tom Waltz, too. Um, then Maddie Trump was in there. Yep. Uh, 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 Maddie Harris now. Um, but he was there. And then when Matt Harris went over to Cybersound, Waltz Audio was like, it was transitioning, but they brought in other guys to run it. And Archetype started working there at the studio at Waltz Audio when these other guys were getting ready to buy it from Tom. And that was where I met Ark. And then Ark had, um, he was living on Newbury Street at the time. And talk, Jesus, when was that? Uh, I want to say, oh my God, maybe 04? Nice time to be living on Newbury. Oh. Yeah, 04, 05. Yeah. And, um, and we, we hooked up, he, you know, he made a beat for me and stuff. We would keep in touch. And then he ended up buying the bridge with Owen Curtin over there in Cambridge. And I was recording at Studio Metronome with Pete Boards. I was working on Beast Coast, me and Strong Arm Steve. And then he called me, he's like, yo, come by and check out the studio. So I was like, I right, word. So I went there and I started recording there and I never left. I what never was, left. What was and that I, like? And I like... brought everybody with me. So I've recorded, I've mentioned a bunch of people I've recorded with, all of them recorded on this mic in this place. I've never really had, I've recorded, at the very beginning, I got to record in a real, some really nice studios in Boston because of just a coincidence yep. a friend worked there. But, but what was yep. it like back then to go from, like, I mean, you probably didn't have a setup, like, I mean, what, did you, no. were you going from a bedroom to this, like, what was that transition like? And what did it feel no, like to get I, in that I place? I never recorded in a bedroom like that. We used to record mixtapes on G Squared on a four track cassette. I got one of those right over there. <laughs> right? We recorded there, and when we didn't have a microphone, we would use headphones. Yeah, And that's a pain. We those things are, are a pain in the ass. <laughs> because it sounds like ass, right? Yeah, so, no shit. Even when it comes out great, it sounds like shit. Yeah, it sounds like shit. But um, that was it was good enough to get the job done then. But we we went right from that, I think. We were recorded. We went to – we were bouncing around. We went to Clinton Spark Studio a couple times. And then we recorded um, with these other guys. I can't remember who they were. They were really cool, though. And then we went to Waltz, and we had a home there. So I never really did the the mic in the bathtub bullshit. We was in a studio. Yeah. Um, you know, finding the right producer um, is like finding the right barber, almost. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So when you find them and you have that connection, that's home. You exactly. know what I mean? Yep. Like I got a guy like that, And too. it's like, I can record anywhere. Like I do record, like I record with um, two other people that I that I'm super. I like I record with Pete Boards anywhere, but like within Massachusetts, I'll record with John Glass, who is very talented guy. Um, he is unbelievable, and him and Melks. Melks is a great producer too. Shout out to John Glass and Melks, and also um, Sean Matthias. Of course, yeah. Uh, over I know Cloak, Matthias, all right. We had him on a few episodes. Um, that dude's the best, man. Both of those dudes. Are him, and, him and him and Sizzlack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cloak and Dagger. Shout out Cloak and Dagger. Uh, I got a project that me and Sean have got. I've, I've got it oh, written. Nice. I just got to record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Cleve. It's called Cleve Dean. It's oh. unbelievable, man. It's five joints, man. It's just awesome. Hard body. I think I'm gonna get G Fan to get on one because him and I did one like three years ago, and, and you know, we, I love that guy. So I'm like, yo, man. 
I did one for your record. You got to do one for mine. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. With those so guys those were yeah. Oh, they're great, man. They got they make great beats too, you yeah, know. Yeah. They were someone like so I knew Matthias a little bit back in the day and then when I disappeared for 10 years to go live a different life and I came back and I'm like, all these people had gotten so much. They were already talented and they got so much more talented. It was like we all went off on yeah. our separate corners to learn and then kind of a, like like Pilsy beats. I don't know if you know him. He's the one that I, I I'm doing two EPs with him now and it's like we hadn't really nope. worked together for years and it's just he's amazing now. So it's it's great these people actually put the time in. It's like this is what you do when you are not crap drugs it's like you're doing like this shit like you're spending your time like you know bro i took 10 years off i took 10 years off and i was stone sober so it was like for me i just uh i lost the desire to make it i lost a lot of people and then i lost myself yeah you know I, i spent i spent my life you know um living in the shadows of my regrets and failures and instead of like being in the light and I, and I couldn't do it. And then something happened to me and it changed me. And I no longer had to prove myself to anybody. I didn't need anybody's blessing. You know what I mean? And once that happened, everything changed. Because listen, that Heavy Hands record that you heard is a dope record. And that's a yes. collection of music that spans over 15 years. And I'm proud of it. Yep. But the next album I got, this, this, the Apex Predator Smart Bomb music. Shout out to Smart Bomb, my homies. Um, Rock the Wolf and um, and uh, Sergeant Barnes, Doctor Hooligan. Um, they they are a collective. They're, they're two. They're two. Two of my dearest friends. I love them both, and uh, I've been really lucky to be a part of that project. I'm executive producing that project with the archetype, so I've been curating all the beats and and helping with the hooks. And uh, the Apex Predator is the third single off of their album. Um, that's with Ill Bill. The one we did before that was Wasteland with Big Show, which yes. Premier shared on his page. Primo shared it on his IG, which is wild. Yeah. That's... And then the first one was the first one was Rockness Monster. That was called Euthanasia. Um, but the next album I got coming is uh, Secrets and Lies. Mm-hmm. And I also have a podcast that I've been tweaking over the last year called Secrets and Lies, which is going to be dope. Um, I got some I got some comedy skits that I'm going to be releasing called um, uh, Shit I Don't Say. Um, XL the beat shit I don't say it's just little clips you know what I mean funny yeah, yeah. funny little one two clips so uh, we get that and then uh, but the new album we're getting ready I'm getting ready to release my next single uh, within the next two months is me and Block McCloud oh wow and um, yeah that's my guy I love that dude right and the name of the record is called Fingerprints but you're gonna bug out man because there's a lot more singing on my neck because I can really sing yeah, because that was um, the, when I watched the video today for Apex Fred, I didn't realize that was you singing on the hook. But that, yeah, all those hooks is me. Yeah, yeah, dude, you got a voice, man. Thank you. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I, like all those hooks, like the hooks I did, um, I did hooks on um, all the smart bomb joints. I did on the Murder Pig with me and Ill Bill. That was the yep. first single off of uh, my next record. Uh, I did that one, uh, the World Today. Like all the hooks that you hear singing on, with the exception of one on uh, heavy hands that's all me singing so archetype has really been working with me to bring along my singing and i and i do a lot of that now so it's gonna Wait, so did you ever take any, any any singing classes was that something that came natural no. or because yeah it, it's, it was it's, natural yeah and it was always there i just you know back when i started rapping um nobody wanted to hear you singing on a rap song 
They're like, yeah. if you did that, you were soft as hell. You were Ja Rule. Like, because that was, was like, yeah. But no, no, no. That's way before Ja Rule. Oh, I mean, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. I'm talking like, I'm talking like NWA, then Death Certificate, like, do yeah, the yeah. New Jack swing on my nutsack. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we were coming out of that Teddy Riley. New <laughs> well, Jack take that, Tony, era. Tony, Tony. <laughs> hey, well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. do the New Jack swing on my nutsack. Like, nobody wanted to hear that. You know what I mean? So you weren't singing in songs. Like, yeah, unless you were heavy, D, you they... weren't really getting away with it. Uh, it's different, man. I know. He was the hamster. I know. Yeah. That dude does not get the so people today were talking about that dude has not got his flowers yet this year. So, yeah. So I'm excited. I got a bunch of new music coming out. The new Smart Bomb stuff's coming out. Um, I just did a banger with Rusty Jooks for uh, Leeds' next project. Yeah. Woo, man. And I'm going in the studio this weekend with um, with uh, Smart Bomb. We got a new joint that we're doing, a new single that's going to be out in like two months. I'm not even going to tell you who the guest spot is for that yet. That's just wild. Got a beat Got a beat from my homeboy, Johnny Slash. I want to shout out Leeds. I want to shout out Archetype, my producer. I want to shout out Nickel Plated. My producer, I want to shout out Johnny Slash and... Um, you know what I mean? I want to shout you out and thank you for, for having it, me uh, in here. I want to shout you, out my homie, San, my, my homie Scott Sandinato, uh, yes. Sando Films. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all my Boston people that ride with me, I, I love y'all, man, for real. Yeah, dude, man, we love you. It's 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 like it's just so awesome to be able to talk about some of this history. I mean, now that we're yeah. a little older, and you realize if we don't talk about it, no one's going to remember it. And it's like there weren't that yeah, many of these articles, it. you know, and like. No. It was no, funny. You, you I posted. It. Yeah, I took the picture of this, and then I think SOSR and found the actual picture and put it up. And I was just like, yeah. for a moment, I was like, I'm kind of proud that like I this was a little pushed out there, and that people started remembering this a little bit because it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, even like Acrobatic and Mr. Lift, they they received MIA for years, and now they're they're back, which is awesome. So, dude, I love those guys, man. Yeah, I love not? all of those guys. I love all of the men. I'm look at. Let me tell you something, okay. Every all of those guys in, in, in this city and guys that ain't on there, you know what I mean? Guys like my man Big Juan, rest in peace, my homeboy right, Jason, you know, uh my man Smitty, you know, uh my man Damo, all these guys, like they they were like a part of the archetypes of like my creation and who I was, you know what I mean? Guys that like might not be on there. All of these people, SO. 7L, you know, Karma, the Techmark, the Schizophrenics, Eddie Bones, Ed OG, everybody, all of these big shugs. John you know, Cena. All those, <laughs> <laughs> all, but all these guys that were in my life that, yeah. that I met through hip hop, they enriched my life and made my life better. My Definitely. life is improved and the quality of my life and my life's experience is amazing because I got to meet and have interactions with these people and share ideas and thoughts and watch them perform and be inspired by them and learn shit from them. You know what I mean? And it's like my life is better for all of them. And and yeah. I'm grateful for each and every one of them, their contributions to music, to our friendships, to our relationships, all of that. Yeah. You know, it means a lot. And you need to say that to people because, exactly. you know, tomorrow's promised to nobody. Right. Okay. And you can never let the day, the day go down. If you have the opportunity to tell these people that you love them and that you appreciate do them it. and everything that they did for you, do that right. shit. If it feels keep weird, keep proud. doing it until it doesn't. You know, it's like... Man, it's, listen, if it feels weird, then you're a small, insecure little person. You need to work on yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, know? like you just keep pushing. It's a, it's it's like... yeah. 
there it's it's nuts i mean these people boston has in hip-hop has a very real recognized real to it i feel and it's like there's been people yeah. i thought that i'd never be friendly with because we didn't hit it off right away but over time we recognize yeah. the real in each other and it's like better for it man it's like it's a it's a place we all can agree Enrich. on one thing that hip-hop's fucking awesome enrichment it's yes. enrichment okay and it don't matter man you know just keep it a buck for the culture and don't don't shit on it don't you know ruin it don't disrespect it you know if if you if you know if you don't like something listen you never make yourself look good trying to make someone else look bad exactly i'm tired i'm tired i don't i don't i don't agree with everybody who just wants to say like all this new shit is trash mm. and then or or that the old people are just angry you know get to miss me with all that energy i don't want to i don't want none of that energy in my lane or in my life let these young kids eat if you don't like their music, well, guess what, homie? Then it's probably not for you. Right. You're not so living in their world. Keep it moving. Yeah. Nah, man. These are kids, man. Let them get out here and eat. And you want to know something? You'd be surprised. Some of us old heads like it. You might not hear us bumping it, but it don't mean we don't know who you right. are and, and respect you. We're gonna play the shit that we like. You know what I mean? And 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 it. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not hating. It's just is what I like. Yeah. You know, you yeah. like marinara sauce. Maybe I like Alfredo. It doesn't mean that I hate marinara. I just prefer this over that. And these kids shit. will grow you know and evolve I mean? too. I mean, it's like they're they're at the beginning yes. of their career and they're gonna have a lot of time to make, you know, mistakes and make great music and make, you know, it's... they're our kids. Yeah. You understand that? These are our children. Hip hop is 50 years old. I know. It's it's I it's know. only 50 years old. It's so new. It's so young. Yeah. You know, like, like these kids, how can I hate these kids when they did directly influenced and descended from my generation the stuff moves that we made and everything else i want them to succeed yeah you know, i want them to succeed you know yeah. it's that's part of the fun man it um, is part of the fun it is i want i know we're gonna wrap up soon but i wanted to ask you since i don't know if you have any stories related to this man but it's, it's, i always like bring up his name today would have been the 52nd birthday of mf doom um and yeah he to me was one of the ultimate inspirations and just a very special person it's always zev, a good time to get him zev love, zev X, love X. i love doom man i knew yeah. him from back then and um the first time i actually heard zev love x because i didn't know who he was was when i heard him on the gas face yep third base and i was like yo this dude's dope and then, uh, and then my man had a bunch of records. My man Dave had a bunch of records. He bust me down, and I listened to a lot of it. And then, um, then it was wild. Like I kind of got into back then. You just kind of got into zones of shit that you listened to. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it was kind of like maybe a little bit snobby. Oh, so, well, like, we I got all went really, through those periods. <laughs> so I got like I listened. Like I'm a big boot camp guy, and I'm a big gang star guy, and. And you know, I was kind of like stuck in those worlds for a long time, red man guy. And, but I always kept tabs on Doom. And then I and then I kind of got away from it, got away from Doom for a while, like steady listening. And then um, he didn't always make it easy and, to be a fan because he'd disappear for long periods of time. And he disappeared for long yeah. periods of time. Then he would send imposters to do his shows know, and shit, you know. Wild. And then and then I didn't see Doom for a while. And then my man Sean Price died. Which is whack because yeah, we're coming up on his uh, anniversary. Uh, we've lost too many. And uh, like and um, and then so he died, and then I hadn't even thought of Doom, and then it was like three or four days after Sean died, and Doom popped up, posted a video, 
and he was um he was on a sailboat. I remember that video. He had the hat on over and the he, mask. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he was like, Yo, Sean, man, I'll see you, I'll see you when I get over there. Yeah. I'll see you when I get over there. You know what I mean? And I was like, Oh damn, Doom, I forgot all about Doom. Sean liked Doom a lot too. So um and then I got back on it and started listening to some Doom and um Damn, it, su- it sucks, man. I know. It sucks. He was so dope, man. He was really a, so, a super original. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Someday like, they're going to make a no movie on the story of Doom. And it's it's his story from start to finish is really fascinating. And well, someone's yeah, going to well, nail it. I, so I, there's this girl that I that I started reading and following. I, I never knew who she was, but her name is, I think, Wallasia. Oh, funny and, you mentioned um, that because I okay, so I I was gonna reach out to her. I interviewed a kid. I don't want to call him a kid. I think he's in his twenties. Who wrote the the Mad Villain thirty three in a third book? And yeah. she's, she's she she's mentioned a lot in that book. And specifically, yes. he mentioned that like the only reason I think Peanut Butter Wolf or one of the other guys from Stone Throat even yes. agreed to be a part of the book was to disagree with what she was saying. And I was oh, like, really? yeah, so I, I, if you I mean, we'll check out the episode because it's probably worded better than that, but yeah. Okay. So what, what episode, woman. what is that on? Um, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's my woman. podcast where it's like, it's me talking to that guy. It's me talking to the guy yep. who wrote the book. And then he, we talk about her a bunch because he interviewed her a lot. So you, for the book. Uh, would you please send me the link to that? We'll do. Yeah. So that I can watch that. Yep. So, so Peter Butter Wolf or something here. I want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. She is fascinating. I never knew who she was. But she posted a lot of stuff. Uh, I yeah. saw her on Twitter. I was following you know, that. And, and I, and, yeah, so I was. I started started posting a lot of stuff. Like uh, one time, I faced Doom. I think is that her book or something. It might be. I think. Yeah, I think she said it one time. I faced Doom. It's a book that she's got coming out about MF oh, Doom. Cool. That's me. Fascinating. I should reach yeah, out to her. Exactly. She exactly. Yeah, you should. You should re- reach out to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She it's, seems very interesting. Yeah, she does. She does. Um and the other thing too is I like I love the history it. stuff. Yeah, me too. I um I was in talk this was a real heartbreaking one for me. I was in I had been talking to um Shock G's manager about a month before he passed and I was supposed to get a song to she, she said he didn't say yes to a lot of things anymore. And as I realized what he was going through at the time, I realized he probably would have never happened. But like that to me, and then I woke up one day and he was gone. And Shock G to me was the guy who told me, essentially told me through the TV it was okay for me to make rap music. Because I saw him do it, because I was always a little different. I wasn't I wasn't a tough kid. I didn't come from a tough neighborhood. But I saw him yeah. doing something different. And I'm like, I can, that tells me it's okay. And I've always- Yeah, liked, that's the freedom. Yeah, 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 I love Shock G for yeah, that. I was at an acro- I was at a um a perceptionist show with Murs in um the, the Troubadour in Murs. Shout out yeah, Murs. Yeah, in, in LA one day years ago, and I'm at the bar and I hear this voice behind me, this tall dude just macking hard on these two women. I'm like, how do I know who that <laughs> I who it was? And later on stage, Humpty Hump comes out. Does, I was like, that was him. I didn't and I probably Shock wouldn't interrupt him then anyway, but like what a you know, the one that put the satin on, on your pants. Oh man, yeah, I love that too, man. Dude, those are records too. That go go back and listen to all of those. There's a lot of fun in those records. A lot of cool guests. I think yeah, there's a man. big fun guest appearance on on one of the digital underground albums. This probably doesn't get heard Can't a lot. Remember but, that? Um, it's on the What's that. the Gravy album. I mean, it's like there's there's so much. And that was one thing too that like there was a period in Boston hip hop when around like the mid 2000s, everyone's like, I'm bringing it back to that old school sound. I want to bring it back to '94. Mm. I want to bring it back to '92. But there's so much music from that that you that it's authentic that people haven't heard yet. Go back and yeah, listen I to agree. that real stuff and make today's it, music now. People don't have the attention span to do that. 
You have it has so to rewarding. Be, it has to be. It is, but you have to want to seek that knowledge. You know what I mean? You have to want to seek that experience. And unless it's in a thirty-second um, reel or a TikTok video or something like that, and it has visuals to go with it that catch people's attention, yeah. they, they happen to make going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the guy that like finds that. that song that people forgot about and gets to share it with people. That's like to me, that's, that's <laughs> I, exciting. It's like because that's how you make I friends. Just, with I just, for me, I just want to make my music. You know what I mean? I want to make my the music that I want to make now, and I want to, um, I'm you know start doing a lot more shows now. So I'm gonna start doing like smaller venues just so I can interact with my audience more yeah. and have a lot more fun. You know. Um, because yeah, awesome. I was out there. I had I had a show at the Middle East uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, at the Black and, Madden and, show, you know, like uh, Black Bedeen. Yeah, oh, I, I've been Black saying Bedeen. that. I always say that wrong. Sorry, it's, it's Black Bedeen. Good. Yeah, Sorry, Black Bedeen and Rusty and Rusty Jooks. Yeah, and um, and you know, I was great. It was really honored to be uh, you know, included in that. So I went up there and I tore that shit down. And I was like, you know, man, let's do some more of these. Yeah, you know once, you get, I mean? once so, you get that bu- that bug back, you're like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. You know, I just love I like I like entertaining people, man. I like I like, you know, I like making music, sharing my music and humor with people and, and they like it too. So, you know, it makes somebody feel good. That makes me feel good too, you know. Yeah. So let's do yeah. it. So we're yeah. gonna start doing some more shows like that. I'm excited. I've got like 14 songs already recorded for Secrets and Lies. Nice. I've got a couple of, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, no really huge features on the record. It's mostly it's mostly just me. I might have like one or two, yeah. but they'll just be really, really concise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ones, you know what I mean? Like me yeah. and Slane will probably do one because we always do one. Yeah. Me and Rockness will probably do one because we always do one. Um, and I get Friends the fans, got to feed the, yeah, that's it, you know, yeah. but it's other than that, nothing wild, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know that's cool, man. All right, well, I don't want to keep you much longer. I mean, I could we could talk. Yeah, no, I got yeah, I, me too. But I I got to wrap up. I got I yeah. got some stuff I got to do. Hey, I want to go check on check on Zoe. And stuff, yeah, so. all right, man, and I really appreciate this. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch, man. Thank you so much, XL the Beast. Check hey, them out everywhere. You. All right, man. All, all right, peace. baby, peace. peace.